Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex and Bernie is here. Hello, Alex. Hello, Bernie. How's it going? You got Good. a win today. A draw. Felt like a win. To some people. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who those people are, but not me. <laughs> I, I just thought, you know, obviously we're talking about Manchester United against Barcelona. Straight into the action. I just felt like it's not like Barcelona are prime Barcelona anymore, but they're a good team now again. You know, it's been some time, but they're a good team now. And United went there with, with Veghorst in midfield and, and competed. I, I, I don't know what to say about this because <laughs> it, in a sense, yes, but I've like, and, and truth, truthfully, truth be told, I remember a couple months ago when I found out that uh, Barca were top of the league, I was like, what? Like, they're <laughs> shit. Because they had a terrible, you know, the reason they're in the Europa League is because they had a terrible group stage. And things did not seem to be going well for them, right? So I was stu- I was stunned to hear that they were that good. And everyone was praising their um, def- defense in the league. And I was like, okay, like, I get it. But Really, like again, not to shit on the league, but how good is La Liga right now? That that Barcelona, that like it's it's such a wonderful thing to think that Barcelona are defensively sound. So I actually was fairly confident coming into this, but like I, I don't know. Like a lot of people are looking at this like, oh my god, it's a sign that they're back. I'm like, they've beaten Man City this season, who are clearly better than like they might not be good compared to what Man City mm. hold. But they're clearly streets ahead of this Barcelona team. And, of like, course. we don't have to go so far to see, like, United beating PSG and not the Miracle one, the other one, and, like, other wins. And I'm like, why is this the one that people are like, oh, my God. It's like, it's, it's I'm actually, like, am I being overly reasonable and being just, like, a Grinch here? Like, I've literally seen much better things in the last month <laughs> than this performance and this 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 kind of win. I would say, so I take your point, I would say you're being a little grinchy in that in that I just think the expectations for United, whether rightly or wrongly, are are much lower than they used to be. They just are. They're just much lower. Like it's the start of a new project ten I mean it's going well. It's going very well, frankly, probably better than Ten Hag would have expected in the first year. Um but the the team is still like a weird mix of players. Um it's clear like we've discussed on previous pods how like mm-hmm. This isn't the final, the final product that Ten Hag is trying to create. So I think, given all of the circumstances and given the the kind of transition that the club's going through, I don't know. I just, I suppose you could argue that Barcelona are in a similar spot. I suppose you could argue that, and we're just not as familiar with it. But I don't know. I I was just, I thought at least at the camp, no, that Barcelona might might run you through a bit more. Yeah, I, I I'll say like. I was impressed by the fighting spirit. I think we know over the last 12, 18 months, that was gone, right? I think if there's one thing people could say the other the previous regime could do, it was get people fighting, and that was gone, and this was a case. And they weren't overawed. But again, overawed by what? <laughs> you know, I, I wrote, like... The size of the stadium. <laughs> like Rafinha, Frank Cassie... I, I know uh, Arojo is supposed to be really good, but like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing that I've seen here really makes me feel like this is a wonderful Barcelona team. 
But then again, you look at United and you go, ah, can they put two past them? I didn't think necessarily that would happen. I thought it'd be a very cagey mm. game. And it all boils down to the guy that you know I'd never doubted like for years, and that's Marcus Rashford. It's a beautiful thing for me and my <laughs> agenda in football, as you very well know, but it's also a very negative thing at the exact same time because Marcus Rashford is the most informed player in world football today. Like, I'll, I'll use that phrase because mm. he scored more goals than anyone else post-World Cup. I think it's like 14 goals in 18 games or something ridiculous like that. Like, it's crazy. Like, he just keeps doing it. It's mad. But also... The flip side is he literally is United's attack. <laughs> yes. Like you've yes. gone from this over reliance on Ronaldo, which I always said was not good for the team, to an over reliance on Marcus Rashford, which you did in twenty nineteen and got Bruno Fernandez to help you out with. And now it's it's back to that, which is working. But how long can it keep working for? That that's Correct. what scares that's, me that's a little the question. bit. Yeah. 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 And 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 again, nothing new, but like You've got 80 million Sancho, 90 million Anthony. They're supposed to be the guys that that come and score 10, 15 goals a season and take the burden off of someone like Marcus Rashford, and that's not happening. Mm-hmm. Someone did say um, that uh, Sancho spent three months in uh, Amsterdam coffee shops and everyone thought he would come back a, a world beater, which was quite funny. Although he was a lot better on his first game back. I thought I thought he was okay today. Um, in his first game back, he was re- he scored the goal. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I I didn't think he was a problem here. I think you know how we you've, you've been like you mentioned earlier. This is not Ten Hag's team yet, and the way he wants mm-hmm. to play. And it's very interesting. In um, remember there was a while back, people were saying that you know United and City got the wrong players for who they are. Like. Grealish would have been better at Manchester United because he's more of a freedom sort of player and Sancho yeah. better at City because he likes a 1-2 and touch and go. And you can see it watching Sancho. He wants to play a 1-2 and then run off. Yeah. And he wants it so badly. But <laughs> the other guys don't want to play that ball for him. He's not no. trying to beat you. He's trying to do that. Um, I think Henri talked about this in that clip for um, you know, talking about how he had to adjust to people. That I think Perez Ask not what play your country two. can do for you. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think he said it was, was it Perez? That Perez wants to do a one-two. Bergkamp yeah. will find you wherever you are, and Lundberg likes to run head to heads down. You have to figure it out. Mate, he actually, actually, he actually dissed Lundberg. Like, not he didn't. It wasn't malicious, but he was like, "I need to run towards Lundberg, otherwise he's not going to see me." <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And <laughs> Sancho wants to play a, a one-two on the left. Yeah. And if you have people that are on the same wavelength, it makes sense. You know, if Bernardo Silva joins my night team, he'll do the exact same thing as Sancho and be like pretty much useless. <laughs> like yep. it's just, I'm not saying on the same level talent wise or whatever, but like no, it's styles. So I understand all that. My, my issue with Barcelona today was like, you changed your defense. Like, they switched uh, Araujo and, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Kunde's positions. Why? <laughs> like, if your defense has been so solid and been the thing that's been keeping you going, why tweak that? Like, how Presumably scary... because of Rashford. 
I think they thought that Rashford was going to start on the left. I, do, I think yeah. they they didn't think Eric was crazy enough to do red horse in midfield again. <laughs> I was did. just going to say, I was just going to say, please, please, just for anyone that doesn't know, explain what that lab experiment was. So, <laughs> second half of the Leeds game uh, that United came out two nil winners in, uh, he decided to switch it up and put Garnacho on the left. Uh, and Veghorst as a 10, a Fellaini 10, I should say, and Rashford as a center forward. And it worked. All of a sudden, they scored two goals. The ball was, they were being bypassed in midfield. Now it's like, okay, lob it to the big man in midfield <laughs> who creates space for our runner in behind, which actually worked. I just didn't think that he would do it against Barcelona. And it was quite something. Say, it caused chaos because. Listen, <laughs> you haven't had chance after chance after chance in this game, but then so did Barcelona mm-hmm. in this game. Mm-hmm. And Vegas won. It was a lot of fun. It, you're right. It was a lot of fun, but it was a shit game. Like, in yeah. terms of quality of football, it was absolutely rubbish. But in terms of entertainment, one of the best games I've seen all season. <laughs> absolutely. Yep. Yep. And, and also. You know, we had Luke Shaw at centre-back again, where while Barcelona had Marcus Alonso at centre-back. It, it was just like, I don't know what's going on in football managers' heads, but, but this is, it appears to be a new thing. <laughs> I, I understand why he's done it. Like, Luke Shaw's played centre-back a couple of years ago. He's done it. And he wants that left-footed, cent- mm-hmm. like, left centre-back. He's not willing to compromise on that. He's like, you must use your left foot. So I get it. Uh, but second leg, Lissandra will come back. Uh, you think Sabitzer might be in, who knows? United, I'm more interested in what United are going to do because Barcelona don't have Gavi, don't have Pedri in the second leg. Listen, and, that's, yeah. that's the heartbeat of their team. That is the heartbeat of their team. I mean, I know we, we, you were saying, like, I, I don't see much that's special about Barcelona, but basically it's those two. And you mm-hmm. could argue Lewandowski for another year or so. But mm-hmm. those kids are unbelievably good for mm-hmm. their age. Yeah. I, 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 I've watched enough. I haven't watched enough. I don't focus on Gabby for some reason. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I have no opinion. But Pedri, I've seen enough. I'm like, yeah, I, I, get, I get that. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Frankie de Jong was was rubbish today and i think that was just appropriate <laughs> he had to be rubbish if he was good it would be like I, I think even he knew he needed to be rubbish today so to avoid the meltdown um yeah but he also probably wouldn't have expected like frankie de Jong is, is pretty used to just like swanning about that deep lying area knocking balls around like evading a bit of a press he's not used to having a, a tree standing on top of him like he was, like he had today. Well, it's like you have a tree on top of you. If you do manage to progress the ball past the tree, you have Fred, who's just tenacious, and then Casemiro. Like, look, United were never going to dominate Annoying. the ball, but it was going <laughs> to annoy the shit out of Frankie de Jong. Yep, hundred percent. Which is probably a good strategy. Um, Golgo thirteen at Toriaki on Twitter. Um, it has a, a complaint to make, which is that Barcelona is still UEFA loner. Now, uh, I can't tell whether yeah. that's to do with this game or the payments to the refereeing scandal thing, which we can also talk about. Uh, I think I think it's both because it's connecting to that in that uh, Rashford was through on goal and Kunde brought him down outside mm-hmm. the box. It was a clear foul. 
and he was the last man because the next guy coming over was Alonso, and look, he's not getting there. So uh, it, it absolutely should have been a red card. And they said no foul at all and then gave the same exact foul literally a minute later on the next play to Barcelona. So, yeah, like Ten Hag lost. If he had hair, he would have pulled his hair out. <laughs> like, he was, I think he got a yellow card for that, for protesting that. And he's absolutely right. It was, it was a, a wrong call. And uh, when, I guess when you pay referees like Barcelona, now we know that they did. <laughs> it's actually, it's actually the most Barcelona. I mean, it, actually, it's a really Juventus story. But I, second from Juventus, it's the most Barcelona story you can get. So basically, um, if you haven't heard, it, it it has been discovered that Barcelona were sending payments to this bloke who actually let me look it up because his name is fucking brilliant, Jose Maria Enriquez Negrera. Um, who was who was the vice president of a refereeing committee of the Spanish Football Federation and also has like his own company that was giving advice, in quotes, to Barcelona for these payments for years, um, specifically 2016 to 18, where they won the league every year. Um, but because this all happened more than three years ago, La Liga can't do anything about it. But... Mm-hmm they might get prosecuted criminally. Well, there, it all came about because they've been investigated for tax fraud, I think. So, you know, all your finances come out. And look, it's not a good look at the minimum. And this is me being generous, okay? Like, mm-hmm. every club pays refereeing consultants. This is this has now been found out. Real Madrid pay a refereeing consultant. Some people in the Premier League do it. But what you don't do is pay a refereeing consultant who's an active member of the refereeing committee and, in fact, is a leader <laughs> in it. <laughs> like, if that isn't a bad look, I don't know what is. Laporta said, it's no coincidence it's coming out now while we're doing well. <laughs> like, fuck off, man. Sure, sure bro. Sure, bro. <laughs> It, it it really is a coincidence because what what difference would it what what difference would it have made if he were shit? <laughs> it would have made a difference. Oh so funny. god! So, so yeah, funny. we'll see what happens. Although I don't think anything will. No, no. I well, we'll see. But I mean, something happened to Juventus, but that was in Italy, well, where you, things don't usually happen. So I don't know. We'll see in terms we of had, prosecution. Cacciopoli, so you never know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else happened in the Euro? Is there anything else in the Europa League worth talking about? Roma lost in the last minute, which is funny, not because I have anything against Roma, but Jose, lol. Um, yeah. Yeah, not much, really. So, are they... Oh, oh, these are the... Um, I, was, I was actually wondering, like, Arsenal aren't playing because you skip around, right? By coming first or something like that? Like, this is like that... Yeah, round before the next round, or... that's right. Okay, which is what yeah. allowed you to play. Okay, it makes sense. That's why you had the, the mm-hmm. city game this week. Okay, cool, yes. cool, cool. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, want to talk about that? Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah one cool. of us has to want to talk about it. Um, yeah, this was annoying, um, but not not altogether too unpredictable. I mean, Arsenal were without Thomas Partey. I was very okay with that um, for obvious reasons, but it doesn't help them 
footballistically mm. at all because it's pretty important. Love, love that. Love that word. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, Jorginho, okay, back up, but just not not the same thing. Uh, this was this was a game in which like Arsenal made the kind of individual errors that they just haven't been making really this season and City were good enough to punish them for it. That first goal being the perfect example. <sighs> yeah. Um, no parte. Well, I guess you can't say no parte, no parte. It's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> you can and you have. What was the, f- how did the first, who scored the first goal again? I remember the last. Tommy Asu with the slack back pass and De Bruyne with the lob. Oh, that was rubbish. That was rubbish. Um, what a finish though. Brilliant finish. I, I, one, he had no doubt what he was going to do, and off his weaker foot, like the the right arch and everything, brilliant, brilliant finish. Um, did you feel like that was a sign of nerves from you guys? Uh, there were lots of errors in this game from Arsenal. Almost every goal City scored in fact, was off an error. In fact, all of them were, if you really think about it. Yeah, yeah, and there were other instances in which City didn't quite score um, that that came from errors too. Yeah, I suppose it probably was. I mean, I was going to say with Tommy Asu, you can probably point to like, this is his first game of the starting lineup um, for a while. He's displaced Ben White, whose form has dropped off a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think overall, given the amount of errors, given the inaccuracy of some of the passing, especially out of the back, um, Ramsdale flapped at a couple of things. Yeah, I think I think you probably could say that this was a young team getting nervous because this was a massive game, right? Like you win this, you put down a serious marker, you increase the point difference between you and City. Everyone at that point will say you're the favorites for the title. Um, I think people have been um, understandably reserved about saying that kind of thing. Um, Not yourself, though. Not myself, but but most people. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I don't want to use the word bottle it because they've put themselves into this position which they didn't expect to be in. Um, but yeah, they, they did crumble a little bit under the pressure. It does feel like that. Because there's been the loss to Daishi's men when uh, <laughs> Daish came in. Mm-hmm. The 1-1 against Brentford, which you can yell all you want about. VAR, which is factual, they admitted they made a mistake in drawing the lines like morons, true. But even though yeah. you scored first, I did feel Brentford gave you a hell of a goal and Tony should have scored a couple goals. So overall performance, I'm not saying it was a draw, but you were very <laughs> concerned in that in that game. And and that's that's what I look at. And then this one. Look, uh I thought after you got the penalty which was a bit of a weird call, but I get it. <laughs> like, you got the penalty, Sasaka scores. I thought, ooh, that's a, that's some mentality right there. You guys are going to come back and storm it. Mm-hmm. But then you didn't do much of anything after that. No, no. Um, I, I would say, so I'll, I'll, I'll take up, uh, because Mohanad can't, can't pod, I'll, I'll take up a couple of his points. Um, I agree with you. I personally wouldn't have given that as a penalty, um, but I, I know Mohanad thinks it was. Um and he was also raging at, at Eddie and Ketia for three very good chances that that Eddie missed. And I think, I don't know, I I suppose I'm not as angry about those because I just think it's Eddie and Ketia. And I'm like, I'm kind of impressed with the level he's managed to get to for for the last few months. But I, I've never thought that his ceiling was that high. 
Um, and so in a game like this, I, I'm not super surprised that he's missing big chances. So there were the, there were those. There were, you know there were some good chances to score, but it wasn't it wasn't the kind of relentless Arsenal performance, relentless attacking Arsenal performance that we've seen against other teams. I, I think that people get really weird about Eddie and Ketia in that I've <laughs> like I think you and I like I've had this. The, the, sort of rant about him wearing number 14 and him not being good enough. And then all I've ever heard from you guys was, well, he's not. Well, we all know that. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> and then, like, when, when as a, and, and as a backup, like, look, mm. I don't think he's very good. But if he's your backup, right, we're, we're no longer in football where you have four strikers like people no. used to have. You have one and another one. Is how this works, and then and then yeah. goal scoring wingers or whatever, like that's how this works. So if yeah. Eddie Nketiah is your backup, I think that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And right now, he's being asked to play because your main striker is injured. A lot of people were like, sign somebody, but then immediately you showed faith. What was the narrative? Arteta showed faith in Nketiah, and he's being repaid with that faith by good goal scoring yeah. record. We were here talking, I think Mohaned um, was talking about the system. It's the system. It's not reliant on one player. Now he has a shit game. It's, he's not good enough. You knew that. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, I think I think there's also an element to which, um, and, and I'm loath to criticize Arteta because, again, the job that he's doing is phenomenal. The position he's put the team in is phenomenal. But Martinelli's not looked fantastic um, in the last few weeks, he's looked a bit isolated out on the left. He he and Gabriel Jesus combine a lot, right? Um, and so without Jesus, Martinelli's not looked quite the same. And so there is an argument for saying you don't need to play Nketiah every single game while Jesus is out. Maybe you could try Martinelli through the middle. Trossard's come in and he's looked good. So play them both. Like try something a little bit different. I think... I think there's a reasonable argument for that. And, and Arteta doesn't seem to, or hasn't at least until this point, seem to want to do something different. And I, I think what you're starting to see, and we'll see how it pans out. Arsenal is still in a great position. Anything can happen in the course of the next however many games. But I've always felt somewhere in the back of my head, although I probably did say it loudly on the podcast, that <laughs> Arsenal would bottle it and I wasn't ready to jump on your champions bandwagon only because it is a young team. Like, it just mm-hmm. is. Martinelli, who I can't believe Mohamed once said that he's as good as Rashford, just nonsense again. But mm. Martinelli had a good start to the season. Hang and on there. he was going to dip. We know this. That w- It was just going to happen. Who else? Jesus started like a house on fire, but he it, it became, it's his contribution, it's not his goals, right? <laughs> so, so that was starting to dip. Odegaard, who I thought was player of the year, he's dipped. But they're supposed to. It's a young team. They're not supposed to actually be consistent yet. <laughs> like, if they did win the league, and you might still, it's actually a managerial miracle. It would be 100%. the single greatest managerial performance outside of... Well, no, that's Claudio Ranieri. It'd be the second best manager performance to ever be done in the Premier League. Mate, and I'm you sorry. Can't really I'm sorry. Just live on that. Can... I, I just sorry. I just got distracted because I, I'm a strong believer in Ranieri. Really didn't fucking do anything. He just went like <laughs> dilly ding, dilly dong. Like have a pizza if we win, and <laughs> and four four two lads. <laughs> I know he did, but come on, man. <laughs> 
<laughs> like it was all the bloke before. What was the bloke's name before the ostrich man? Uh, Nigel Pearson. Yeah, yeah, because they went on that wild run this, at the end of the season before, and then he Look, left. Even even if even if all he did was just get uh, what's his name Vardy like energetic off Red Bull, that's enough management yeah. for me, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. He let he let him get away with it. That's true. Um, but no, you're you're right in you're right in the sense that young players will always be somewhat inconsistent. Arsenal have been ridiculously consistent, frankly, over the the first half of the season. We'll see whether they can do it for the second half. That that's all totally reasonable. Um, yeah. I mean, even uh, look at look at Saliba, right? He's mm-hmm. not been very good in the he last couple of weeks. He looked scared yesterday. I will say it's the first time I've seen him look actually scared. Look, he was being wrestled up and down by by Holland, and then Gabriel tried to get in on it and just like. Gabriel is not the calm head. Like, like he's not the guy who I want next to me being like, mate, I'm having a hard time. And then give you a word of advice to calm you down. No, he's nuts himself. Like and and he's he, a bit. he gave up the ball for the Holland goal. Mm-hmm. Or the Grealish goal. I don't remember which one. But oh, man, he uh, had a yeah, maybe it was the Grealish goal. Yeah. He had a rough time. And he had a very rough time. I don't think City should have scored three if Arsenal were just passing the ball like regular people and not like nervous. Yeah, I don't think that happens. But yeah, it it was interesting, and I think that's where the men versus boys thing happens and where it came into play. And in that look, Grealish is not all that good in my brain, but uh, he 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 can he knows how to be a little bitch and <laughs> make things happen. And Holland is a man in a boy in a, in a young. The old man in the young boy's body and De Bruyne is De Bruyne. <laughs> like yep. you make a yep. mistake, he's going to kill you. And yeah, like we 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 made jokes that Odegaard is better than him this season, but like he takes that personally. I know he, he does. did take it personally. <laughs> I think he did. Um I also want to give a shout out to to Gundogan. I think when City are good, often he plays a really important role, just the the facilitator. Like his little subtle assist for the Grealish goal was was brilliant. Um I do want to talk about Pep for a second because he basically said he was asked like what changed at half time and he was like we scrapped my awful tactics in the first half so I was like fair play fair play mm-hmm. for admitting that and then he went on to talk about how um how great a game Haaland had and that we really just need to play a lot more direct to Haaland and he he didn't say long he was like not long balls but with passes and it's like you mean long balls yes you really do just do you it really do and he did it. I don't know. Why, I don't know why he's not brave. They played the ball over, and we're like, okay, now fight Gabriel or Saliba. Just fight. Them. Like yeah. that's what was going on. It was. I mean, he literally forearm smashed Gabriel at one point. I mean, they yeah. were they were going back and forth at each other all game. Yeah, and most of the time you're going to have to uh, engage in nefarious tactics to bring him down. And mm-hmm. God, you guys were saved by the offside on that one because uh, that was boneheaded by Gabriel, but. Look, don't be ashamed of it, Pep. I know he's 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 at home and he's crying tears. He's going route one. But mate, go route one. Especially right now. In the summer, have a preseason, teach him how to link up, teach him all the things you want. Right now, go route one. Win your league. It's fine. It's fine. Yep. Yep. I think that's fair. It it it, it brought me back to um Pep's first season when uh, what was it like? They had a stat where they'd like made the least tackles in the league, and some reporter was like, "Do you, do you have any concerns about this?" And he was like, 
I don't teach tackles. <laughs> it's just like if you're tackling, you're in the wrong place. It's just like, all right, mate. <laughs> I I do think that the problem is like we know Holland has scored twenty six goals. He's gonna break a city record. I think the problem is the is the contribution to the rest of the play. And yeah. it's scary enough to think he's like twenty. I don't know how like how ever old he is. He, he's not he's not old, man. Like he's young. So he actually still has a lot to learn. So for someone oh, yeah. to score twenty six goals and still have a lot to learn and, and to develop is a very scary thing. Because I was thinking about, you know, how he's his phenom. But if you look at the last just pure box striker that I remember thinking about in the Premier League is Van der Story. And but he had control. He could link play. He could hold up the ball, bring others in, all that stuff that you like to see. Han doesn't really do that very well at all. His touch is rubbish, like all mm-hmm. those things. But he can develop those things. That's what's scary about Holland to me. 26 goals is fine, whatever. But is he hurting the team a little bit? I think he is. I think he's hurting I think so. in the way that they used to be, unpredictable. But he's worth the investment in his potential. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think Pep was talking about this the other day when he was talking about like how he's asked Haaland to watch tape of, of Kane and other like top strikers to see what else they do and their movement and their passing and what have you. And I think that makes sense. Like this season was always going to be a bit weird as as this like passing team transitions to having this striker that needs the ball quick and early and in behind all, all those things. Um so once they integrate with each other a bit more, it is it could be terrifying. Like it's already terrifying. Mm-hmm. I I think it's also directly linked to why Mares and Grealish are playing a lot more. I I have no like evidence behind this but my theory is if he's not coming to link and bring others into play i need to play with guys who can bring themselves into play so <laughs> Renato silva and foden you guys got to find other things to do i need my vibes men to come and do things that's my theory and i'm sticking to it fair enough uh although bernardo is also playing just like sort of in defense i don't i don't even know what position he i've, st- I've stopped trying to work out what position bernardo is playing he just does what he wants i think basically yeah basically. yeah free roll um he's like free roll or i'm leaving like pep's like fine free roll jesus yeah but we'll sell you next year to barcelona for 60 million and exactly Exactly. Oh no, I, I've decided he needs to go to Atleti because he likes kicking people. Does Bernardo? He was hacking Saka all game. Mm, yeah, Atleti would do it. Atleti yep. would do it. Yeah, I agree. He need to replace Tom and Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of transfers, let's take a break from the the actual football action to talk about. Remember a couple of years ago. There were like all those free transfers that were available and we played the game. I can't remember what it was called, but it was just like, take them or not take them. Are we so doing that again? People... Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for your either actual club or fictional club, are you taking on a free transfer, Isco? No, he's fat. <laughs> he's so fat. I, I'm not trying to fat shame anybody, but like as a professional football player, no. <laughs> Oh, that leads very nicely into uh, the the Mikel John Obi um, interview. You saw this, oh, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, that was fun. You tell us about that. 
he was just talking about um, how hard everyone trained at Chelsea in those days, um, apart from Eden Hazard, who would stand on the side and not really get involved, um, and then stay after training to eat pudding. He was like, Hazard loves to eat. <laughs> just the name check of the pudding just killed me, man. Like, oh. You didn't need to do him like that. Oh. It was so funny to think that, like, uh, they were like, everyone hated his. I think Jose was the manager and Conte. And they, they both hated his trading. Uh, what's that word? Whatever, his enthusiasm for training was so sure. low, but like he produced on the pitch, they were like, whatever, man, that's not our yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So funny. So funny. All right. Next up, um, I've never really known how to say this guy's name. Sime Brisalco. Was he? At you know who I mean. Yeah, right. I believe he right back at some point. Yeah. Although. Uh, no, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have him, no. Yeah. No, nor would I. Oh. Hesse. Isn't he somewhere now? Uh, like Hesse Rodriguez? Yeah, he was he's... in Turkey. Before that, he was in Stoke. Before that, he was PSG. What a... And somewhere in between, he's had a rap career. I think he's at Sampdoria now. Jesus. It just They're happened. A relegation it, battle. it literally just happened. So they've got... Wow. You know Harry Winks is their best player. What? what? He's there? Yeah, and he's like genuinely their best player. Oh wow! <laughs> now they've got Jesse Rodriguez. Oh, that's so funny! I did not know he was there. Okay, what interesting. A, what a club! What a club! Uh, Federico Fernandez. Which one's that? Was he at Newcastle? Yeah. No, wouldn't touch him. This is the worst free, uh, free, free signing pool I've seen in a couple of years. Don't worry, it gets worse. Jordan Lukaku, not a chance. I want nothing. Bojan, Bojan Gurkic. He's only thirty-two for fuck's sake. He's not retired. Apparently not. Wow. No, nowhere near it. Uh, Jurgen Lukadia. I'm not even sure. I remember who that is. Uh, nope. Nope, doesn't ring any bells. And the last two I've literally never heard of, so I'm not even going to bother. What an awful list of footballers. Yeah, no, this is rubbish. Absolutely rubbish. I'm not into it. That's funny. Um, All right. Yesterday, so today is when... No, today's Thursday. Yesterday, Wednesday, um, there was Champions League action. Um, Mm -hmm. Borussia Dortmund beat Chelsea. That was amusing. Um, mostly because Michalo Mudrik is, was, or possibly is, awful. Yeah, this is not looking good. <laughs> really it's not. not looking good. Like, when you have to bring out the post of, I will be back, or whatever the hell he said, like, you know you've lost it, mate. Like, Wait, we, we've got to do the whole thing. We've got to do the whole thing. Yeah. So if you haven't seen this, Mudrik posted on, on Instagram today picture of himself um, and it says I'm here to show what a Ukrainian man is a warrior a warrior loves challenges a warrior is born to overcome challenges nothing obsesses so much the man who put everything on the line as a victory 
A warrior can, on his way, lose battles, but in the end, the warrior wins. Wow. Like, no. Just stop. Like, he, to, it's halfway yeah. between, like, right-wing extremist and freaking Instagram influencer. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it, it's like nearly Jordan Peterson. Um to be fair, we did get one very, very good response, <laughs> very good tweet from Lee White, um, who said, some warrior living life of luxury, if he fancied himself such a warrior, he'd be at home fighting a war, not playing with a group of people who bought, who Putin's best mate bought and a club he built. <laughs> as harsh as that tweet is, I get it. <laughs> There's some <laughs> truth to that. I get it. But it's too harsh. <laughs> it is too harsh. It is too harsh. I wouldn't ever send anyone to war that didn't want to go, but Jesus Christ. Oh, man. Look, I I just think it's the wrong club, personally. Like, mm-hmm. look, even if I still don't blame Potter for much of what's going on. No, I get it. Yeah. I get it. At some point, he'll be sacked because I, I get it. But I still don't blame him. I don't know if it's because I like him or not. But I, I just don't blame him. But is Mudrick the type of player I would have thought is a Potter player? No, because I don't remember any Potter players who were this as direct as he wants to be, mm. except for Mitoma. But then again, he did a he did a PhD in dribbling, so like, <laughs> literally, you know, yeah. there's there's a there's a difference here. Like Arsenal yeah. was the club for him. Martinelli loves to run at people. Mudrick likes to run at people. If he was at United, it'd be fine because he likes to run at people. But they're trying to do this thing that he doesn't understand. <laughs> like, this interconnected, passing, four-dimensional thing <laughs> that, like, he just doesn't understand. And I'm like, he looks shit because it's not it's not right for him. And that's okay. Like, but you can't sell him now because it's 100 million. He's here for eight years. So, well done, Todd. Well done. Yep. But but there was a moment yesterday, and it actually pissed me off. I mean, e- e- even as someone who who doesn't love Chelsea Football Club, this really pissed me off. And it was it was for the goal. It was Adiemi's goal, uh, which was a brilliant goal, by the way. I mean, mm-hmm. he he looked sensational yesterday. Um, but he's got the ball right. He's clear. It's him and Enzo Fernandez, and two Chelsea players are in the frame because they're running back to try and help out. One of them is Michalo Mudrik who's like, I wouldn't say call it jogging, but he's not flat out sprinting to get back. And the other one is 39-year-old Thiago Silva, who is bombing down the pitch at like 100 miles an hour to try and get back and make and help out. And honestly, if I was anyone in that coaching staff, I'd have Mudrick up against the wall, just like hands on the collar, just like, what the fuck do you think this is? And, and it, it's worse because... Mudrik is just as fast as Adeyemi, if not faster, according yeah. to, to what people say. So you have to go like full pelt at that 100%. point. And he doesn't. And I'm like, are you a warrior, bro? Because <laughs> I don't I know. A warrior would have sprinted back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'd at least take the red card. Like, you know, like, hack him down. I've seen. I've seen that from slower players. So, yeah. yeah, I agree. That was unacceptable. That was absolutely unacceptable. Yeah, not not cool. Um, 
elsewhere. I mean, Chelsea could very well still turn that around in the, in the second leg, but um, impressive. It was an impressive display by Dortmund and Bellingham, by the way, um, captain the side. I don't know if he does that regularly. I don't know if you know that, but he was captain last night. I don't think regularly. Hmm. But he was, I, I he was good yesterday as well, and the fight for Bellingham, mate, is going to be interesting. And I want in. I don't care anymore. I want yeah. in. I mean, like, you, if you have the money, you'd be mad not to just try, mate. Like, I am Qatar. <laughs> so Today, what do you mean? I feel Qatari. <laughs> is that, I feel Qatari? Yeah. Is that what you said? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel Qatari, mate. So yeah. the money is there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, like I just think this summer. So Enzo was on this list, but basically, what's left of the kind of elite prospect central midfielders this summer? You've got Bellingham, Rice, and Caicedo. And whoever doesn't get one is probably going to go for the other, and it's just going to be this big like merry-go-round of money. I predict because Chelsea got Enzo. I think Dec- actually I can't rule out anything with Todd Bowley anymore. Really um, but I was going to say I think Declan Rice is off Chelsea's market, but their midfield is Enzo and what? <laughs> so... I mean, Kovacic, I suppose Gallagher's still there for now. They they might go in again. They could. And, they very well could. And the question is, they're going to finish ninth. Liverpool finished tenth. So does he care about Champions League? Man United is getting one of these three people. That's that's a fact. <laughs> I'm certain they're getting one of these three. It it might end up being Bellingham because unless Real Madrid really want him, and that rumor is weird to me because they have Tremaine. Mavinga, mm-hmm. uh, Valverde. Is Modric ever going to retire? Is Cruz ever going to retire? Like, does it even make sense for him to spend that money? I'm not sure at all. I don't think it does. I just think he's so good that you just go do it and we'll work it out later. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you kind of have to. Yeah. But one of those one of those guys is coming and I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, of course, what it will actually be is someone from the Eredivisie that uh, that your boss yes. likes. But. Yes, and, uh, <laughs> and, and and Brian, my my group chat is annoyed because we're all sure that Brian Brobby is going to be our striker signing. Hundred percent, hundred percent. You're buying Brian Brobby for hundred million. I'm so upset at the thought of it already. <laughs> uh, right, elsewhere in the Champions League. Um, so your AC Milan won Tottenham nil. Not a very good game, as you'd expect. Two teams who are in awful form. Um, I don't really want to talk too much about the game because I don't think there's that much to say. I do want to talk about the fact that after the game, uh, Antonio Conte, after a checkup from the operation that he had a week ago, from which he rushed back, ignoring doctor's advice, um, that he needed more rest. He rushed back to be at the Spurs-Leicester game, which they got battered in, um, and this game. And they basically told him, like, you've got to chill, mate. You you, <laughs> you can't be out here doing this a week after surgery. Uh, so go back to bed. And so now he's he's uh, away from the team indefinitely. Um, mark my words, uptick in performance, loading. 
I think that's probably true. I do think that's probably true at this point. I think uh, the assistant has a hundred percent record. <laughs> <laughs> Stellini's won both of the games that he's managed, um, and I think it's possible that the players might just feel a bit liberated without shouty, shouty Antonio on the touchline. Is he that a loyal? To, like, is he one of those guys? Like, um, not Sacramento. Who was the? Uh, what was the guy? The guy who used to follow? Yeah, Marino Sacramento. Yeah, yeah. Is it? Is it him? Like, is he as yeah, loyal as, as 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 him? That like, if like, would he be like, oh, they're stacked you. I'm gonna do the job now. Is he gonna be like, I'm going away. <laughs> Probably not. Is he? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Sacramento is a weird little person. Um, don't know. It will be funny to see if uh, if he does anything differently though, because Conte has just been like the most. I know. I've always like he's always been a stubborn dude, but he's just stuck to these tactics and personnel that aren't working um almost religiously um and i know he's a big catholic and what have you but it's getting a bit weird now he's just like homin son hasn't been able to cook a football all season and richarlison brazil's number nine is just sitting there on the bench and conte just like refuses to not play son if Pep it's can weird. change and play long ball, Conte, you have no excuse to, to start playing like a higher up the pitch and not with <laughs> three at the back. Like, yeah. this is this is like this is ridiculous. Like, I actually preferred watching Jose Spurs than this. Like, that's how low. That's how oh, low. No. He's yeah, man. Because at least like Kane and Son were interesting, even if the rest of them. That's weren't. true. Like, what that's is true. this? It's true. It's uh, yeah. It's weird. And I think it's probably just like, I, I think probably the best outcome is that like, he doesn't come back. Like maybe they're just like, he's got to stay home for the rest of the season. And then, you know, mutual parting of the ways and in comes Pochettino or whatever you want to do. But like, seems like a, a good, a good moment to do it. You know, I think a great way to solidify Kane's contract and Kane definitely staying is to bring back Pochettino. <laughs> I feel like that could work either way, but it's possible. Like maybe yeah. he's like, I don't know, you know, I've done this. Maybe, maybe. Well, we'll see. Because I don't know if if they're if they if they're crap again, I can see him being like, look, guys, come on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let's just cash in now and move on. Like, and the question in my mind is, how much worse would they be? Obviously, Kane is is world-class we're not Mm -hmm. debating that but Mm -hmm. are they gonna finish 10th because kane isn't there i don't think so rashad has been an able striker he can play nine he won't get you mm -hmm. kane's goals absolutely not but it allows you to play differently and just finish fifth and sixth for a couple years (laughs) which is what, what you're doing anyway yeah i think you're probably right i think Basically, it completely depends on who the manager is. So, like, if you have a Conte or a Jose and you take Kane out, they're screwed. They're completely screwed. If you have, like, I don't really know what Pochettino is at this point. I'm not sure any of us do because we haven't seen him have a Pochettino side for a long time. But Mm -hmm. if you take what we think of him or, like, a Deserby or someone who plays high-pressing, like, modern football, um, I think if you have someone like that, then it's not too big a deal because the system ends up creating more than you know they're, they're so reliant on like the individual talent at the moment but if you have a, a kind of more system-based guy then i think i think they'd probably be all right i have an idea go on 
sell Kane for a hundred million. Someone will, someone will pull the trigger on that, and let Rashardson play your nine. Buy some backup. Mm-hmm. I don't care who it is. Buy, buy some backup. And I'm saying, do this all before you hire the new manager, and let and bring in Thomas Tuchel. I actually think, I actually think there's like a fifty percent chance they they do that. I, I think Daniel Levy will be sitting there going like, I've got this Pochettino, like this will make everyone really happy if I do that. It's the easy, it's the easy win, even if it doesn't end up going well, right? Like no one's going to fault him for doing it. But then I think he's going to be equally tempted because he loves an ex-Chelsea manager by Thomas Tuchel and his track record. Of actually winning a Champions League, and you know that man just wants any trophy he can possibly get his hand <laughs> yeah. on. So, and, and and the reason why I say get rid of Kane before is because even though I think the high press and everything would work without him, and we know Thomas Tuchel loves a, loves a press. I think any manager in the world, if you have Harry Kane, goes, you're not leaving. Oh, because 100%, you, want, yeah. you want to work with a player of that caliber. Every every manager in the world will try their best to keep him. Correct. But you've got to ditch that in your brain a little bit and like say, what's gonna work best for me? But even managers are like, ooh, like, oh yeah. Harry Kane. Yeah. So, no, Kane is like the one ring. It's like every you know, just like as soon as you put it on, you can't take it off. Yeah, even though he's not won anything. But again, like it's he's just that good. So yeah. I, I understand it, but so get rid of him before you get in a new manager. Make the executive decision, take that money. Just don't let Tuchel spend it himself. Get a sporting <laughs> director and let that guy spend the money, please. Otherwise, otherwise you're signing fucking Aubameyang. Signing Cucurella for sixty million, for goodness' sake, and Fofana for God knows eighty million. Like, what was he doing? <laughs> oh man, God knows, God knows. Um, all right, Liverpool. They won a game, Bernie. They beat Everton, the Merseyside derby. Um. Yeah. I expected a bit more from Everton given what they put up against Arsenal, but Liverpool kind of just blew them away. When Jordan Pickford just goes walkabout, what's going to happen? <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I was singing his praises sort of the other day because he's, he's gotten a lot better, I think, in the last year or so. But, geez, where was he going? Did you see the, the angle from behind the goal? So funny. <laughs> It was as if he was drunk as again. I went, yeah. just went for a stroll in the street and didn't know what was going on. Unreal I'm stuff. Honestly, not sure if I've ever seen a worse piece of positioning. Not from just a keeper, but just like anyone. <laughs> oh my god! It it was horrible. And I, I, listen, at that point, after that, the game's gone. <laughs> Like, why would you keep playing? The game is just gone. You can't recover from something that bad. No. Not at all. Just give it up. Um, And uh, they also let Gakpo score his first goal. It was a, good, it was a decent decent goal, actually. Uh, good tap in. Trent's second assist this season. That's it. Remember when we said that they were just uh, ping it into the box from Trent? And score a goal. Like clearly, this is the we, we know that they are because it just shows how bad they've been. It's true. So. Um, I forgot. Uh, I forgot PSG Bayern Munich. PSG uh, not winning again. Yes, three losses in a row. Apparently, Gaultier is uh, 
on the block? Look, Gaultier needs to grow a pair of balls. And do because what? he needs to drop Neymar. But Neymar it's... was pressing Bernie. Haven't you seen that clip? That one clip of Neymar running around like a mad person. Oh yeah, that's what we call <laughs> pressing. Look, you're not dro- dropping Messi, and they—I mean—they started this game with both Neymar and Messi because Mbappe is injured, and they did absolutely nothing. Like no defending. They were—they were walk strolling around, and you're asking the other guys to basically defend with like two men down. I can accept that from the greatest player to ever play the game. I cannot accept that from Neymar. No, not at all. Like, they only actually started playing when Kylian Mbappe on one leg, (laughs) (laughs) one leg, came on and, like, gave his all. That's when they started playing football. Like, what do you want Gaultier to do with this? Again, it's the same idea I just talked about. You give someone a message and Neymar is never going to say, oh, mate, I don't want to coach these two. It will never happen. But you cannot succeed at the highest levels with Mbappe, who refuses to play striker. (laughs) Just flat out refuses to. (laughs) Right? He's like, I don't want to do this. And Messi, who is old and no longer covers ground, and Neymar, who never did. Like, (laughs) like, come on. It's not going to work. And on top of that, you've got... I mean, I don't know how often this kid has played, but they had a 16-year-old... Um, in the midfield, and and Sergio Ramos at the back. I mean, this is not a winning combination. No. And, and I get they're going through injuries and there's a sickness going around. I get all that. But, like, this is – we've said this many times. This what happens when your football operation is a marketing gimmick as opposed to an actual football operation. And this is a little bit – my French accent was rubbish there. Why? This nation, the sovereign nation state ownership thing scares the life out of me mm-hmm. because it's not about it is about winning the Champions League, yes, but winning the Champions League for a certain reason, and that reason is making yourselves look extremely elite. So, therefore, you go for the best player to ever live who no longer can run and Neymar for 200 and whatever million. You're marketing at that point. You're not thinking about how to put together a team. Nope. It's this Galacticals thing. And for the record, people, the Galacticals won Champions Leagues, or I think one Champions League or something like that, and one league title. Something. I don't even know if they won the league title. It overall did not work. Correct. <laughs> Ronaldo did not win the Champions League. Beckham did not win the Champions League there. I don't even Figo, I think, was there. But it overall did not work. Build a team. Do football things. Hire good sporting directors. Let them actually do the job. <laughs> yeah. Esteban Cambiaso had to go to uh, Leicester to win a league title. <laughs> like, oh, come on. Like, you got rid of Makelele and it didn't work. Like, Mate, that was outrageous. You have Campos in there. He brings you all these guys who you think you're, are going to do something. But Ekitike or whatever. I can't pronounce his name. Yeah, you got it. Is, is not playing. Like, I I don't understand. Yeah, I, I don't really get it either. Uh, like, there were, as you said, there have been injuries and, and maybe some some viruses or whatever. Um, so, you know, I don't necessarily have the full picture, but when I saw the midfield was Soler, Verratti, Pereira, 
and the 16-year-old kid, Emery. And then Vitinha was on the bench and Fabian Ruiz was on the bench. I, I was confused. I was confused. <laughs> I mean, there, there are games in which you can you can muck around, but against Bayern Munich, who are a serious football operation, I wouldn't suggest it. And And that's the difference. Bayern Munich are a serious football operation. You're going against a serious football operation with nonsense? Like, I don't mean it to disrespect any of the players. I mean, your football operation is nonsense. <laughs> like, yep. this is why you won't win the Champions League. Like, yep. it's it's just not going to work. So, Yep. Uh, <clears throat> speaking of uh, things not working, a couple of things to round us off. Uh, one, Southampton sacked their lunatic manager, Nathan Jones, tried to replace him with Jesse Marsh, who was only just sacked by Leeds, and then ended up not hiring Jesse Marsh because Jesse Marsh allegedly wanted a long-term contract and they didn't want to give him one. That's like, dumb. What do you want? I, I, <laughs> so here's the thing. If I was Jesse Marsh, I would A, be grateful that another Premier League club was willing to give me a contract. Not that I think he did terribly, but he didn't do well enough that he could expect another Premier League club to give him a deal. Mm-hmm. That's that's one thing. The other thing is that would I necessarily want a long-term contract in his position at Southampton? I, or I, I would certainly understand not getting one. Seems weird. Look, they they clearly didn't plan for the sacking of Nathan Jones. Like, and they're just frolicking around looking for whatever. <laughs> Look, just go down. Just go down. Reassess in the summer and try and come back. Just just, just go. Like, my dreams are almost coming true. Just go. <laughs> Mate, if they go down, there might be one of those things that you love. Uh, look, let me, let me tell you what I would do, okay? Bella Kachap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even know if I said it right. Uh, Lavia's good, right? Is that Lavia's name? wicked, yeah. Lavia's good. Um, but I would... Look, I would go and get James Ward-Prowse just to be a Ericsson backup. I would do it. Yeah, 100%. 10 give them 10 million or whatever. Give me GW. 10 million. How much is he worth? Is he that 30? Give or take. I, th- I still think you'd need 30 to 40 at least. What? For a relegated you just signed a new deal. You're taking the piss, ten million. It's not Charlie <laughs> Adam. It's not 2009. But <laughs> there's, releg- there's got to be relegation tax on that. On that, come on. But, yeah, but they've got parachute payments. They don't need to sell him. I guess. I guess. I, I. I would go. I would bring him in. Leader. He's a leader. Can move the ball. He's tenacious. And man, I want some free kicks to be scored. So yeah, I. I yeah. do that. But yeah, I'd also get Bella Clutch up as a... Because I want another centre-back. So I'd do that too. I don't yep. like any other forwards. The the uh, French kid they signed is good. Or he will be good. I can't remember his name now. Um, also, Bazunu is good, but I wouldn't buy him yet. Uh, you know what? I'd pay for him and let him stay there on loan for like another year or two. Hang on. Southampton okay. squad. Uh... Lavia, Bazunu, Waprouse, Ainsley, Maitland, Niles. Um, Sekumara is the French striker they bought. Yeah, I'd, I'd let that go. I'm good. 
fair enough. Um, all right, and I wanted to end on um, some. A, wait, oh, sorry. Someone wanted yeah. Ben me appreciation. I don't know why. That's exactly where I was going with this. Um, oh, so, okay. Um, uh, Devang Desai at Desai Devang on Twitter um, asked for Ben me appreciation hour. Um, we, we can probably do a minute or two, <laughs> or two. So I'm not sure exactly what this is about. Other than that. A, he's played extremely well for Brentford this season. Yes. Very shrewd signing, I think, on their part. And B, he seems like a really top bloke. Um, so there was a thing a while ago. So he he was very open about how his partner gave birth to their daughter, I think daughter, um, extremely prematurely, like 24 weeks. Um, oh, which is obviously like crazy early and very dangerous and what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did an interview about it and basically said that he wanted to do that to kind of help other people in similar situations and to be able to talk about it openly and that kind of thing, which is obviously amazing. Um, he's raised money for the NHS. Um, he drives an electric car. <laughs> um, oh, you know what else he did? This was a while ago, but this has just jogged my memory. Remember when... He was at Burnley, and obviously they were known as Brexit FC, and Uh Sean Dyche never signed any black players, and so they had that reputation of being a racist club. And then some of their fans flew a banner over the Etihad saying White Lives Matter. And Uh Ben Mee interrupted his own post-match interview to be like, that was embarrassing and, and shameful, and we don't approve of that, and it's not what we're about, and that kind of thing. So, yeah. Just overall, a pretty top bloke. So I think that's probably what Devang's getting at. But um, if there was anything other that we didn't cover, more specifically, let us know. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give him a, I'll give him a clap for that. Yeah, I'll yeah give ben, him a clap. ben me yeah. appreciation well, minute. Well, well, well done, well done, Ben me. Yeah. Uh, he <laughs> he also he also posted something on Twitter uh, a couple of weeks ago saying that he had had a go at making a vegan curry. I can only imagine the replies to that were 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 funny. I draw the line at vegan curry. Like <laughs> you're a great guy, and then like you're starting to annoy me. So we can pretend like we didn't hear the vegan curry bit. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. We'll we'll end at the hand clap. <laughs> uh, all right, we better leave it there, Bernie. Thank you, and thank uh, you. We'll do it again soon. All right. Good night. Ciao.